We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Joining me right now, right here, is Chris Biederman of the Sacramento Bee, and we are live on YouTube for the first time ever. So this is super fun. Got to change up the intro just a little bit, uh, but we're not going to forget about our friends over at Lamb Chops, the official clothing brand, as you can see by Chris's shirt, that this is the official clothing brand of Candlestick Chronicles. Visit sglambchops.com right now. Use Candlestick20 as the promo code. You get 20% off. Get yourself a dope hoodie. Get yourself a nice shirt. Get yourself some cool shorts. Get yourself some joggers. Whatever you're into, Lamb Chops has it. And follow them on Instagram at sglambchops. Great clothing for the fall season. Super comfortable, super warm. It's a Minnesota-based brand, so they know how to deal with cool weather. And uh, the shirt's a little bit thicker for those cool autumn nights. Perfect for football season. The joggers are unbelievable. All of the clothing's great. Super stylish. Conversation starters, if you get some of those printed shorts. Uh, Candlestick 20 is a promo code. Use it and enjoy the clothing as much as we do because it's awesome. We're also sponsored by Cooperage Brewing. And you can visit cooperagebrewing.com right now. Click on beers. And then go to order now. And you'll notice that you can order... Candlestick Chronicles, Hazy IPA today. And they will ship a case of it to you as long as you're 21 and over and in the state of California. They'll ship a case of that beer right to your front door. It's the best way to acquire beer. Obviously, somebody 21 has got to sign for it, but it's the best way to acquire beer. That's all you have to do is sign for the package. And then there's 24 cans of delicious, crisp Candlestick Chronicles, Hazy IPA, just in time for the start of regular season. I can't wait. It's amazing beer. What can Such I say? It's not a novelty. Some people might say, oh, wow, that's probably a really cool can. The beer probably people do say that. Good. No, like the beer is legitimately good. I will put it up against any hazy anywhere. Cooperage makes amazing beer. If you are familiar with the Northern California, specifically the Sonoma County beer scene, you know how competitive it is. And I will tell you, Cooperage can keep up with anybody in the Sonoma County beer scene. And there are some very big names, which we're not going to, which we're not going to mention here, but Cooperage is as good, if not better than any of them. Um, so go, go Come. order some Candlestick Chronicles, hazy IPA and bring it to your tailgate for the season opener week three, Thursday night against the giants. You will Home be opener. the envy of your tailgate. I promise you people will so, look at the can and be like, damn, I need to drink that. It's a home opener. Season opener happened already. You know what I meant. I'm <laughs> we're, we're live on camera for the first time. This is I know. I know it's I'm jarring. It's, 
It's nerve-wracking. Uh, our event out at Cooper's Brewing in Santa Rosa is at 7 p.m. on Saturday, September 23rd. We have a guest confirmed, and we're working on a couple others, so there will be guests out there, people talking 49ers, drinking beer, having a good time, so make sure to be out there 7 p.m. Saturday, September 23rd at Cooper's Brewing in Santa Rosa. Can't wait to see everybody there. All right, let's talk about the 49ers. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. live because usually i can sit there and like give that a good pause so our our editor tyler can throw the intro in but now i feel like i can't pause because there's people watching live conceivably this is so scary conceivably i'm not going to go on the live stream on youtube as we're doing this on Streamyard, just because i don't want to look and see like three people but, yeah. you know, like we're we're going to get more comfortable with this. We're going to start doing this more often. We're going to have takeout videos. We're going to do the whole YouTube thing. And we probably should have been doing it a long time ago, to be honest. But you and I are both pretty busy individuals, I would say. And uh, but now we're ready. We're ready to get it going. We we're talked about this time in like the day after I got laid off. We were like, hey, now we have time to like commit to video stuff. And then I yeah. didn't have a job for six months. I was like, I'll get to it. Yeah, and now and, I have a job at ESPN you thirteen twenty in Sacramento at some at some radio station. Sacramento right? sports leader, no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, let's get to it, man. This is this is fun. This is very exciting. Uh, obviously, a, a new opportunity for us to hopefully grow and expand our listener base, or I guess have a viewership base for the first time, which will be fun. And eventually, yeah, we'll cool. probably get into like social media, have a Candlestick Chronicles, TikTok, and. Instagram and all of those See, things. On StreamYard, it turns out you can just add music. <laughs> Turn that but, off, sorry. Uh, but yeah, man, this is this is going to be fun. I'm looking forward yeah. to it. Same. Well, we should probably talk about the 49ers since we're here. Probably. That's probably why the people want to. Ian Book, Ian Book worked out for the 49ers on Tuesday. Is Sam Darnold getting traded? Chris. What a way to open up our YouTube channel with I'm... this bombshell of ian book news shout out to shout out to oak ridge high school in uh in el dorado hills yeah. just east of sacramento ian book good way to start our next chapter <laughs> <An alum. laughs> no th- so it's funny because there's I-, I think what people like to do is see workouts on a tuesday and just assume that it means something really meaningful like the niners are going to trade a quarterback to the jets just because they're working out ian book um guys get worked out every tuesday it's it's just something the scouting department does so they have intel and information on players mm-hmm. so they can you know if they were to deal with an injury at the quarterback spot and then have to sign somebody they would say oh we saw ian book work out we know what type of shape he's in we know that he can physically do what we would need him to do so it's most of the time it's a recognizance exercise right Um, And I'm not like ruling out something weird happening, but, you know, like and and our buddy Nick Wagner, shout out to Nick, who's who's getting a who's getting a nod early in our YouTube careers here. Um, Yeah, he gets one per show. He mentioned he mentioned that 
uh, in the group chat that it's probably likely they organized this meeting well before Aaron Rodgers got hurt on Monday night. And if it, it makes sense, right? Because, you know, Ian Book probably didn't fly in in the middle of the night. He probably didn't fly in Tuesday. And they probably didn't have him work out like fresh off the plane Tuesday morning. It's more likely <laughs> he flew in on Monday, got a good night's sleep, and then came into the facility on Tuesday. And that was going to happen regardless of Aaron Rodgers tearing his Achilles or not, right? So he flew in on Tuesday and just on the tarmac. They were like, <laughs> throw these footballs. How's he look? <laughs> Don't even turn off the plane. He might be going back. Right, right, right. And, and the 49ers also worked out a handful of receivers too. And so it's possible that they might have wanted to look at a receiver in which case you would need a quarterback to throw him the ball or throw that receiver the ball. So, right. um, yeah, it's uh, it, it's just, you know, I, I understand that everything that happens generates some buzz on uh, Twitter or X, um, but I don't find this Ian Book thing particularly compelling yet. That's not to say nothing wild is going to happen, um, but, you know, in my opinion, I think this is probably just normal procedure. So Marco's here in the YouTube chat. I can say that now. That's so fun. He he says they're going to trade Brandon Allen. See, that's what... So Chris, like you said, they didn't organize this with Ian Book on the fly. And if they were going to work out quarterbacks to sign, they probably would have worked out more than one. I don't think they watched Ian Book's one start in 2021 and identified him as the guy. And if the Jets, I think, were looking for a quarterback, I can't imagine that they're going to call the 49ers for the 49ers third string guy and say that's who we need to take us to the promised land so i i i don't i don't think it really means anything i think it's just a super coincidence that the niners had a day off tuesday and it just so happened that aaron Rodgers tore his achilles on monday and i think that's that's kind of the extent of it speaking of which that's bananas that that happened it's wild i it's i mean it's it's like this is the worst thing about the nfl can we agree on that yes the worst thing on the NFL is prominent player gets hurt and basically ruins a, a team season. And maybe yeah. Zach Wilson will pull the Jets from the abyss here, but I hope so. I'm I'm weirdly rooting for Zach Wilson. No, I mean he hasn't done anything wrong except just not play well. Right. right. I mean, just there be was bad that, at NFL there, football. There was that there was that press conference last year where or was it last year or his rookie season where he didn't seem super accountable um for not playing well, but you know young guy live and learn um but the jets what's interesting is the jets are kind of in a similar spot to to the 49ers in terms of having a roster ready to compete now Mm -hmm. and not really willing to sit through the lumps you go through when it comes to developing a young quarterback Mm -hmm. so i do wonder what it's going to look like like are they going to get really desperate and try to like you know are they going to go try to get a veteran are they going to like make a pitch to tom brady right was no circling chance. New England on, no on Sunday celebrating. No chance. Ta- that no. going in the Ring of Honor. No chance. I, never say never, but come on. <laughs> they might call, but there's no way Tom Brady goes into New England's Ring of Honor, and then the next week is like, yeah, I play for the Jets now. No chance. Yeah. Never say never, but no chance. Come on. Now, I, I this is honestly, if you're the Jets, this is a good spot to be in. Because nobody's expecting anything from you now. So you get to watch Zach Wilson and see if he develops. And maybe you fall backwards into Zach Wilson being good. And if not, yeah. okay, cool. You punt. But at least you know. Yeah. And you don't have to do the weird fifth-year option with him or anything to see what he has. You can just, all right, either pull the plug or you have your quarterback in the future. And yeah. no one's going to blame them if they stink. So, 
Yeah, I, I'm. I'm also curious to see like Aaron Rodgers is going to be 40 next year. Mm-hmm. Is he going to push super hard to come back and play as a 40 year old for the Jets? Is, on MetLife turf. On MetLife turf, right? Is he going to be willing to put in the time and effort it takes to rehab in time to be ready for Week One, or is it like a mid-season thing next year? Um, if he does come back, so you know, very curious to see how that's how all that's going to unfold, but. I don't know. You think the 49ers are going to trade a quarterback to the Jets? No. <laughs> I don't either. No, it's just I, I can't fathom that the Jets are going, okay, Sam Darnold is what we need. Like of all the teams, I don't yeah. think it's the Jets that are that are going to be aiming to make that move. And then, like I said, if you're going to add a quarterback, why would it be Brandon Allen? Well, and it's not like Mike LaFleur is their offensive coordinator anymore either. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think they're rolling with Zach Wilson and they'll go get, I don't know, a random backup trace McSorley or something of that ilk. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, let's talk about the Niners and the, it seems like, I mean, there are a bunch of different ways we can spin off this conversation, but it seems like they are a consensus, if not the best team in the NFL after week one, Mm -hmm. top two or three. They had the most impressive win, right? Yeah. Depending on how you feel about the giants. Like if, if you think the giants are just really bad and were completely Mm -hmm. fraudulent last year, then you probably think less of the Cowboys win, but the Cowboys win just given how dominant they were, I would put up there with the Niners and then the Eagles winning on the road in new England. It wasn't pretty. And it certainly looked like new England had their chances, but Mm -hmm. it wasn't as convincing as what you saw from the Niners in Pittsburgh, because I think, I think Pittsburgh and new England are probably on equal footing in terms of like how good we think they are coming into the season. Would you agree with that? Yeah, probably. So the Niners beating Pittsburgh the way they did on the road is probably more impressive than what the Eagles did in new England. Yeah. I think the Niners had the best all around performance because the Cowboys offense didn't really need to do anything, but San Francisco's offense was not the beneficiary of defensive touchdowns. And um, there were, there were a couple of turnovers in there, but I thought it was the most kind of roundly dominant performance. Again, with all due respect to what the Cowboys did, I, I, I saw a bunch of power rankings. I had the Niners at number one right now. And I think that's probably right. Just given what we thought about them coming into the year, the questions we had, they answered all the questions in week one. Like they were, they were really, really good. And I think a lot of questions got answered about Brock Purdy too. Our uh, Nick Wagner was tweeting out some stats today about how there wasn't a ton of yak from the Niners in that game. Uh, there, there weren't a ton of receivers open. There was a ton of pressure from the Steelers and Purdy handled it well and still had a really productive game. And so I think if you were going into week one with your biggest question mark about the 49ers being quarterback play, like that question to me got answered in a spot that I thought it was going to be tough to answer it. And the Mike Tomlin team, it's TJ Watt. That's a defense that was expected to be a top five or 10 unit this year on the road, 10 a.m. start his first game back Purdy's real first game back after, after elbow surgery, there were legitimate reasons for concern. And he just went out and played really, really well. Like we saw all of last season. So I, I think, I think the Niners right now look like the best team in the league. The, thing I'm interested in you brought up that Eagles game I kind of wonder remember when the Niners played the Dolphins last year yeah and <laughs> remember the Niners game. Dolphins game <laughs> pretty memorable game yeah but the Niners gave up that long touchdown to Trent Sherfield on, on the opening drive and then or on the first play right on the yeah. first play and then shut him down and then the Dolphins went into San Diego uh, LA the next week against the Chargers and didn't 
Cindy, I know. What is this? 2016? We still miss it. I do. I do, I do love that city. But no, I'm not going to go on a tangent. So, <laughs> Sorry. That's fine. It's fine. So they go down to uh, against the Chargers and they don't the offense doesn't look good. The Niners kind of laid out a blueprint. Bill Belichick's plan against the Eagles was really good. And I kind of wonder if he laid out a little bit of a blueprint to slow the Eagles offense down at least a little bit. Because last year they just kind of looked like an unstoppable juggernaut with Jalen Hurts and they looked a lot more pedestrian uh, against New England. They scored 22 points but there was a pick six in there. So their offense accounted for 15 points. So yeah. I, I'm I'm interested to see over the next couple of weeks what Philly's offense looks like. All right, y'all. 49ers football is right around the corner, and it is more fun to be there live for 49ers football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official marketplace of the 49ers in the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat. They have, I'm telling you, the interactive seat map, bro. It gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays, and that's super key. Obviously, being in the stadium, being part of the atmosphere, the vibes is are, are, are very necessary. Those all matter. But being able to sit and get that 360-degree view from your seat so you can know exactly what you're going to be looking at on game day, that matters so much. Whenever I go to a new stadium, I love I, I love going to different stadiums and experiencing different venues. I always type in that stadium and 3D seat view so I can get an idea of what my seat is going to look like. And Ticketmaster offers that for you. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, they got the mobile tickets, which make getting in on game day a breeze. And you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. That's right. Get it in red and gold. Go do that right now. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash 49ers. Hey, y'all. This is Kyle Madsen with Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers pod. And there are so many reasons I'm excited for this NFL season, both 49ers and league-wide. But I, I honestly think the thing I'm most excited for is I'm diving into daily fantasy sports, baby, with prize picks. I get to test my skills on a week-to-week basis with prize picks this football season. It's the best way to play daily fantasy sports. I've I've dug into other daily fantasy sports with, with pros and sharks, and there's thousands of people playing. But with prize picks, it's two steps. You pick more or less than on between two and six player stat projections, and then you pile up your winnings. That's it. It's two steps. And I am so looking forward to doing this with you each and every week. It's super simple to play. That's the other thing is I don't want all the complicated. I don't, I don't, I'm out. Like I said, I've, I've tried to dive in uh, and, and I don't know why I haven't gotten to prize picks sooner because it's simple. It's easy, very straightforward. I can make my picks. I submit my entry. It's done in less than 60 seconds. And I'm telling you this year with the 49ers and I'll, I'll venture out to non 49ers for sure, but I'm, I'm looking at a lot of Brandon. Ayuk more than stats this year. I'm looking at a lot. Of, I think I'm going to go Brock Purdy more than quite a bit this year, y'all. And I know that might sound counterintuitive Niners running team, but I really like Brock Purdy to go more than on, on plenty of his stats this year. So it's quick withdrawals. It's easy gameplay. So many players to choose from, so many stat types, and that's what makes Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. I'm honestly so stoked to dive into this. I'm going to be posting my picks, 
on on social media. I know Chris is going to be doing the same. So please make sure to join us and you can do so by going to prizepicks.com slash candlestick and use code candlestick for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash candlestick. The promo code is candlestick and that's for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prize picks. Daily fantasy sports made easy. I can't wait, man. Let's go. Yeah, I think Philly's offense is probably going to look better than it did. I, like, we, how often do we talk about week one just being really weird? That ultimately matters about as much as the preseason. Yeah, week one is, and it's funny because we're sort of talking about the 49ers like we, we learned a decent amount about them in week one and what happened in Pittsburgh is real, which I think you, you and I both agree on. But at the same time, there are so many things that happen week one throughout the NFL that are just kind of fool's gold. No doubt. And the reason why we we believe in what we saw from the 49ers ultimately is the equity that they have, right? Right. A we saw them do it last yeah, year. A team that's been to three of the last four NFC title games and went to the Super Bowl in 2019. Um, so, like, they have equity. They play really well. We believe them. Mm-hmm. I wonder if the Eagles are at that point or if the Eagles are due for regression, right? And, as, and like, how much do we take away from week one? That I, I always have a hard time with week one because I'll always – you know, you can go back to countless examples and go to like, the Niners last year. Right. Exactly. So, you know, uh, does week one mean a whole lot when it comes to like, are the Giants going to be a lot better than we thought? Are the Cowboys maybe worse than they looked? Are the Eagles, you know, how, how much how much do we believe in the Eagles? I, I still think the Eagles have an incredibly talented roster. I do have questions about their defense overall. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do wonder what it looks like if the Niners play, get to play them at full strength with Brock Purdy, you know, being healthy. Can, can yeah. we go back to Purdy for a second? Cause Please. I have a Purdy take. Oh, if Purdy played on the East coast and Purdy was six foot five or six foot four, he would be the headline of the league. He would be, is this Tom Brady 2.0? Is this the next diamond in the rough, like right. elite quarterback who wasn't drafted in the first round? And it seems like a lot of the punditry, not all of it, but a lot of the punditry is like, you know, Brock Purdy is just kind of the point guard, just kind of running Shanahan's offense and not really doing anything special. And I'm not trying to be the guy who's like, give the give the quarterback of the team I follow respect. Like, yeah. I'm not trying to do that. But I think the more people, like my prediction would be the more people watch Brock Purdy, the more impressed they're going to be. Cause that's what it's been for me, right? Like the more Same. he does things like he did on Sunday in Pittsburgh. Yep. It's like, Oh, he's not just like, just us, you know, running Kyle Shanahan's offense. Well, he's like making plays outside of structure. He's avoiding pressure right. within the pocket and keeping his eyes downfield. He's finding open receivers and even throwing them open before they are open. Yeah. Right. Like he's doing advanced quarterback type things. He's pr- he's playing real life adult NFL quarterback and doing it at a pretty high level. And all the numbers indicate that. Yeah. But I think nationally, a lot of people are just slow to pick up on it because they just assume, oh, he's Kyle Shanahan's quarterback. He can run it well. He's probably something like Kirk Cousins. And maybe he is. But I, I, I think saying that right now discounts how well he's actually playing. And how also, he's doing things, he's doing things that are that are high level, not just like, oh, he's just running Kyle Shanahan's offense. He's making plays outside of structure. 
Yeah. And he's running away from defenders. Like a lot of people are like, oh, he's small. It's like, yeah, he can actually move pretty well. Yeah. Um, so I think as time goes on, if Purdy keeps playing at this level, it it he's gonna catch on as like, no, he's he's actually like a plus quarterback. And I think that leads into what we we're gonna talk about with with what Micah Parsons had to say this week. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely want to get to that, but I think it's already happening a little bit. But there's still, I think, like you said, a perception of people who don't watch necessarily. And that's fine, because when you cover the NFL nationally, it's really hard to intently watch all the games. And so with the 49ers, you just go, okay, Brock Purdy is just whatever. It's point and shoot. That's what I've heard. It's a point and shoot offense, which what offense isn't, but that's a separate thing. (laughs) But no, but there's, you, you just talked about all the out of structure stuff he's doing. It's the way he maneuvers in the pocket and creates throwing lanes for himself. There was a play against Pittsburgh where he started to throw it. It not a, not a pump fake, but he started to throw it. And then as TJ Watt fell back into that throwing lane, anticipating the throw, Purdy pulled the ball down, reset his reset himself and hit Christian McCaffrey in the middle of the field. That's not Kyle Shanahan. That's a quarterback recognizing that the throw was going to get intercepted. Like it's the exact kind of play. Jimmy Garoppolo hits the top of his drop and just lets it rip. And he hits TJ Watt in the chest. (laughs) And it's like, how did, what, what happens on that? How does that happen? And it's because he's doing the point and shoot offense. Brock Purdy is on uh, is is doing that at a little bit different level. And at some point, something's got to give because you can talk about EPA, you can talk about all these peripheral stats that say that say you know Nick Mullins was good in this offense and Jimmy Garoppolo was good in this offense. And first of all, Nick Mullins threw for a lot of yards. He was not that good in this offense, but that's a separate thing. And and the fact of the matter is, is the Niners have never put up points on offense like this. They've scored 30 since week 13 of last year. It was six games Purdy played in this one. And they've scored 30 in five of them. First quarterback in a long time to have... Six out of seven. Yeah, first quarterback in a long time to have multiple touchdown passes in his first six regular season starts. Ever. Ever. Yeah. First quarterback ever with... Yeah, only one. First quarterback ever to have a quarterback rating of 95 or better in his first six starts. And that's not to say he's not in a phenomenal situation, right? With the skill players around him and Kyle Shanahan pulling the strings and all that. But like, we're going to get to a point where the conversation around Brock Purdy is going to turn a corner where, no, he's not just like this dude operating Kyle Shanahan's offense and just being a robot. Mm-hmm. Like he's actually playing quarterback at a pretty high level. Yeah. And I, I honestly, like, I'm not saying that to like shill for Brock Purdy because I've been wanting, I, like I've gone into this season being like, there's a real good chance he regresses because most quarterbacks right do. Yep. Right. But like to come back and play as poised as he did and look as calm as he did and just have that type of command of the offense without any offseason coming off elbow surgery and playing mm-hmm. confidently and even having having his arm hit or at least like passes hit as he throws it a couple different times in that game and him to see seem relatively unfazed by it. I mean, to, it, it's all impressive stuff at this point. And I'm not trying to anoint him as like some pro bowler or Tom Brady or whatever. Sure. I just think a lot of people are still tied to the fact that like, oh, he was the last pick in the draft. He almost went undrafted. He must not be that good. And it's like, man, I think we got to get to a point where we stop thinking about where he was drafted and just look at the way he was playing football. And I Mm -hmm. think you could objectively say just watching him closely and watching the way he's playing football, he doesn't look anything like a seventh round pick. 
just no. as, like aside from his height, aside from his arm strength, just watch him play football and know what you know about what good quarterback play is and isn't. And he's playing quarterback at a really high level. And a lot of teams would draft a guy playing at that level in the first round. Do you think if the 49ers called the Steelers right now and said, we'll trade you Kenny Pickett for Brock Purdy straight across, would the Steelers do it? Yeah, I think so. I do too. And they were in the same draft class. Kenny Pickett was the first quarterback taken. So I, I'm with you. I, I, I'm still, can Brock Purdy with a minute and a half left down four in a playoff game, lead them down the field to a touchdown? TBD. Yeah. But no, that's, 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 that's the question. I'm with you hundred percent on that. Yeah. Like I, I always go back. I've said this a million times. I feel like, but the 2021 NFC title game, the Rams tied that game at 20 and then took the lead 23, 20 and Jimmy Garoppolo had the ball twice with an opportunity to put that game away. And they went backwards. And that's this scenario where, okay, at some point that's going to come up. At some point, your your quarterback is just going to need to be a quarterback and go four wide and make some throws. Can he do that? And that's, again, TBD. I'm not writing him off and saying he's not good because of that. But that's kind of the, that's the last question I have. I have no further questions on, on Brock Purdy. He completed 80%. Healthy. Well, that, that, I mean, yeah, but I, I would, I would say that for, for anybody. Yeah. He completed 80% of his throws into the intermediate area of the field last year, which is an insane number. Deshaun Watson, 68% led the league among qualifiers. The difference between Purdy and Watson was the same as the difference between Watson at number two and then the 30th ranked quarterback in that stat. Yeah. So it's a huge gap. And I thought that's an area he would regress and maybe he does over the course of this year, but in week one, he was nine for 10 in the intermediate area. He improved his completion rate. That's that's the kind of thing that to me is like, man, if he's gonna he's not just a check down artist. He's getting it down the field. His his A dot was like eight and a half, his average depth of target was I think the ninth highest in the in the league in week one. This isn't dink and dunk. He's pushing the ball down the field. The throw to Brandon Ayuk on on the front pile on the back shoulder throw was sick. He's doing high level stuff. So I, I think I think he's for real. Yeah, like and, 100% with you. And that's basically what Micah Parsons said. It was like, he's probably a top 15 quarterback in the league right now. Mm-hmm. And what he wants to see from him, which is like, you don't hear a lot of current players, particularly like players on like rival teams, yeah. give completely reasoned takes. But yeah. Micah Parsons Super essentially reasonable. was like, yeah, he's he's doing all the things he needs to do. I just need to see him do it more in the playoffs or do it when they're down. He said specifically... He wants to see what Brock Purdy looks like when the Niners are losing, which is the point you just made. And like, that's, that's sort of the big question because now, you know, based on how things have gone, he's played so well to where he hasn't. And the 49ers defense has been so good that it's not, he hasn't really been in situations where he has to come back late in the, late in the game in the fourth quarter. So does he have the, I hate, I'm not even, I'm, I don't want to say, um, that's the true. clutch gene. The clutch yeah, Flint, gene. Flint, I didn't want Flint. to say the clutch gene, but yeah, he did it against the Raiders. That's a, that's a Flynn good West in the chat. Yeah, he brought that up. Yeah, Purdy did uh, go blow for blow with uh, Jared Stidham last year. That was. <laughs> I still can't believe that happened. Jared Stidham lighting up the 49ers defense was not a thing that I anticipated. No, but he was he was he was really really good in that in that game for sure in a in a in a tough spot on the road. So I I, I would tend to agree, but again. Playoff time's different, and if they go win a bunch of playoff games and win a Super Bowl where they're never trailing with a minute and a half left, then 
a plus like that's the goal right <laughs> so yeah I, like i said I, i'm i'm running out of questions but i did i did think that micah parsons saying that is pretty interesting because he didn't really need to it wasn't like he got asked he was just talking about the mvp of week one and then after that goes oh brock purdy and said that yeah. brock purdy's story is great and we need he, people he, he's not sleeping on him and people need to stop sleeping on him and he thinks that people are going to come at him the way they come at aaron Rodgers and patrick mahomes and thinks he's on that level and that's a guy who played against brock purdy in the playoffs yeah. And you would think on the surface, you look at Purdy's stat line against Dallas and you go, man, he didn't play well, but he played well enough to win and he played well enough to earn the respect of, of Micah Parsons, who's one of the best defensive players in the league. So I I, I definitely take that with, uh, I definitely take Parsons' word into account for sure. Yeah, like it Dallas definitely Dallas, means something. I think Dallas, no matter how you view the order, the Cowboys and 49ers have the two best defenses in the league, right? right now would you say yeah i'm really big on cleveland yeah but until i see more than one game of cleveland yeah it's the niners and the cowboys but like having having a not awesome stat line against the cowboys in the playoffs like isn't isn't a huge indictment when you win yeah and it wasn't and honestly given the pressure he was under i thought purdy played for the most part pretty well I have more questions about the right side of the 49ers offensive line than I do about Brock Purdy. And I know that it's not even close. It's not not even close. close. Yeah. So that I think when, when it comes to questions about about Brock Purdy, it's like, can he stay healthy behind the right side of the offensive line? That's my biggest question involving Brock Purdy is like, can Colton McKivitz hold up and keep him healthy and keep a defender from banging into his throwing arm as he's, as he's trying to throw. So I, I, I get the whole TJ Watt thing. And I and I said on the internet during the game, I was like, I'm su- I'm still surprised the Niners didn't bring in more competition at right tackle. And a common response was, Well, this is TJ Watt. It's like I I, I understand that, but McKivitt's got worked, like worked, worked. So if he struggles against the Rams and whatever the Rams are doing with their pass rush, it's like Ernest Jones is a is a player on their roster, and Byron Young, a rookie from from Tennessee, had a sack. Of course, Aaron Donald, but he's probably not going to line up a ton on the edge. Do you think, do you, real quick, do you think Steelers fans are coming out of that game looking at Drake Jackson and be like, well, it was Drake Jackson? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. They're like Alejandro Villanueva or whoever they're tackling. I don't think he's played for them in like five <laughs> I think years. He's been retired for like four years. But yeah. <laughs> uh, the left tackle, he, he struggled, but man, that was Drake that Jackson was Drake over Jackson. there. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, I, I interrupted you. <laughs> I, I love that idea. <laughs> Who played better on Sunday, TJ Watt or Drake Jackson? The stats may surprise you. No, I. Um, now, if if he struggles against the Rams, I'll have real concerns. Or if the right side struggles against the Rams, I'll have real concerns. But yeah. you know, getting blown up by TJ Watt in your first week as a as a full time NFL starter, I'm not going to begrudge McKivitz just yet. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, we're going to preview Rams, the Rams game uh, later this week, but I did just watch Rams Seahawks through mm-hmm. again. Man, neither team is impressive. Yeah, the Seahawks, look, the Seahawks defense, especially more particularly in the second half, looked like a end of preseason game defense. 
where there's just no pass rush, there's nothing really happening. It was really, really bad. And conversely, that's exactly how the Rams run game looked. The Rams, <laughs> the Rams had 40 carries for 92 yards. They were in it 40 times and didn't get to 100 yards. So if and if you're going to be one dimensional against the Niners, they're they're gonna they're gonna figure it out. So and we might be at a point. Obviously, the Niners are not playing the Seahawks this week, but we might be at a point where like the Seahawks offense starts to make serious changes because it the the whatever they're doing schematically was not at all impressive or interesting or effective, and the fact that you have DK get DK Metcalf, Jackson Smith and Jigba and Tyler Lockett. Mm-hmm. And like you're just not throwing it all over the yard every game for 300 I mean it was one game obviously, but like Yeah. I was pretty concerning and and hearing some of uh Gino Smith's comments afterwards was just like, man, it doesn't He said they wanted it more. Yeah, it doesn't sound like uh like a totally functional situation. I do wonder is generally right like half the half the teams in each conference who made the playoffs the year before don't mm-hmm. make the playoffs next year i wonder if we're going to look at the seahawks the vikings and the giants as teams who were like pretty fraudulent in 2022 who just i was already there with any... the vikings yeah you were there with the vikings i feel very similarly i think the giants are pretty fraudulent at least based on what we saw sunday night boy and watching that Seahawks offense and just sort of the the attitude that that team had, mm-hmm. oof, man, like it's and it's they were looking like it could be ugly for them. And maybe they bounce back and go win in Detroit. Who knows? Sure. But it just and if they it, do it, that, it'll be right back on track. Yeah, they'll be right back. But that was not at all an encouraging performance from the Seahawks, and especially I when would, they their offense wasn't good in the second half last year. Right. Like Geno Smith regressed a lot over the last over the last seven or eight games yeah my take i i watched the game to try to like get a feel for the rams because the niners are playing them this week but i came away from it being like man the seahawks look terrible and so yeah i don't i i don't i didn't watch that game coming away with any strong feelings about the rams other than like looking at the roster which i knew before that game that like Mm -hmm. man the niners are just miles ahead of the rams in terms of roster construction yeah yeah, it's it's not close. The Rams are in the midst of a full rebuild and the Seahawks are doing whatever they're doing. They also both their starting offensive tackles got hurt. And I I, I believe their status moving forward is still TBD. So it, it might. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be shocked if this winds up being a little bit of a long season for for Seattle. Yeah. Agreed. But also it's week one. So weird things happen in week one. The Niners lost to the Bears last year, week one. And went on to the NFC Championship game. So Brock Purdy was a third string quarterback. Yeah, who was the Seahawks' third string quarterback? Do we know? I don't even know who the Seahawks' backup quarterback is, bro. Is it still Drew Locke? Seahawks depth chart. Oh, it would have to be right. I think he's definitely their backup. Is Charlie Whitehurst still there? <laughs> Clipboard Jesus. <laughs> uh, they have yeah, they have two quarterbacks on the fifty-three. Drew Locke is the backup quarterback. Okay. Do they have anybody on their practice squad? Um, I need to know who the Seahawks practice squad QB is before Seahawks I make any sweeping declarations about them as a, as a maybe that's Ian Book's next workout. Oh, you think the Niners are going to trade Ian Book to the Seahawks? <laughs> <laughs> I 
that's what they're doing. They're, <laughs> the Niners are like, I don't think the Seahawks believe in their quarterbacks. Let's hoard all the available quarterbacks. The Seahawks do not have a quarterback on their practice squad, so they have two, two quarterbacks in their entire in their building. Wow. So, all right, party on. I have nothing uh, else to say on this midweek podcast. Yeah, we oh. very much appreciate the the few people who have hung with us on this live stream. Yeah, this has been um, cool. This is going to be much more of a regular thing. We're going to start doing this after games, um, depending on you know whether or not we attend the games. Um, but uh, obviously, a lot, a significant portion of the road games we'll do. We'll hop on this right away after games end um, with our scorching hot takes. Um, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. That helps. Yeah, Candlestick uh, please, Chronicles podcast. Can, at Candlestick Chronicles podcast on YouTube. Um, subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts on Apple, Spotify, wherever else. Um, and don't be afraid to hit the hit the thumbs up button. We're just doing the YouTube hawking here. We just we just have to. Oh have no, to I love get, this. I love this for us. Have to get the metrics up. Have to improve the algorithm. So look, just do us a favor. Hit the thumbs up button. That would be great. Give us five star reviews if uh, if if you listen to our podcast anywhere else. And yeah, we appreciate everybody hanging with and all the support as always. We've been running for a long time, and uh, frankly, streaming video has been way overdue. But I'm glad we're here, and and uh, this is going to be a lot of fun. And the visuals, this we've all kind of just Kyle specifically has kind of thrown this together, and we're going to do. Hopefully, visually, it'll look more, and the production value will be a little bit higher as we go along. But um, no, I think we're I think we're starting from a good spot here. I know you were I know you were being nice and I really appreciate it, but going we Kyle specifically threw this together. Just fucking just nah. <laughs> this this bullshit Kyle has just threw <laughs> no, it together. It's good. Yeah. It looks no, good. No, 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 no. I'm joking. I'm joking. It, it looks and good. yeah, so definitely uh ditto everything Chris said, and we love the idea of having a chat here and being able to interact. So if if uh you guys subscribe when we're live, it'll show you and it'll pop up on your feed and you just click on it and we'll be uh we'll be in here doing pods man super excited so subscribe rate review to the pod wherever you get your podcasts subscribe to the youtube channel youtube.com uh slash candlestick chronicles podcast uh you also just search candlestick chronicles and it's one of the first thing that comes up on youtube which is super dope so thanks everybody for watching listening and we will see you next time